0: This is Strange Assembly, episode 234, Disciples of the Void. (laughs) Well, I I almost called this episode, Is Jay Still Happy? (laughs) But I thought that was a little too meta, but is is Jay still happy?
1: I am, they've previewed a right wing. Okay, okay. Yes,
0: they they did that.
1: I mean, also there's a bunch of new cards for my favorite clan, but you know we already know about that.
0: It, yeah. So this this is mostly a uh, Disciples of the Void set review, as it were. It's a pack review. It's it's like a little bit more than a pack, but it's not really a set. You know. I guess it is like by official titling, still a pack. But as you referenced, there was also a little bit of an announcement uh, that we should at least mention for. So we've had the the first uh, sorry we've had the second cycle now announced. It's the Elemental cycle, following up on the Imperial cycle, and the big announcement. The big no, most noticeable parts of the announcement is that it is again a six pack in six weeks uh, situation. So I'll, I'll let you I- expound on it. But I the, the the funny thing is when I when I saw this and I saw six packs in six weeks, the first thing that came to my mind was ugh. <laughs> hmm, so could I just like pre-order all of these along with Disciples from the Void from Cool Stuff and then just wait and show up at my friendly local store again after they come out which I'm pretty sure is not what they're shooting for No, encouraging someone to just kind of like take a pass for, for two months while it comes out but that would have been especially silly because they don't come out until Q3 which I read to mean they'll first be available at Gen Con so was this the plan? Is this a catch up where they're like, oh, like we really intended to have this stuff sooner? We're having a production gap. And so when the sets, when we finally are going to get the product in, we're just going to shoot it all out six weeks in a row and then with the intent to be back on schedule without gaps at that point. I don't know, but I'm fairly certain that it's, it's, not a great place when we will have basically go on from let's say december to august with one product released.
1: Yeah, I mean the the first time they did this it felt like oh, they are rushing ahead bringing us those later packs sooner whereas yeah, there's been a, such a large gap. This does feel more like oh, they're pushing the fir- the first packs back now.
0: It's got an elemental focus and some non-humans in there, so yeah, we did uh, we saw a crab-aligned Rattling. Sorry, Jay, but the Rattlings are closest to the crab.
1: It's okay. He's a conflict card. I can bolt, pull him in anyway for influence. <laughs> Support of the crab. Yeah.
0: Uh, Which, it's unclear whether or not that's actually tournament legal, but I'm I'm going to assume yes. Uh, Support of the Phoenix. Well, because all the, the role selection rules were really written with the, as if the the yeah. seeker and keeper roles were the only ones.
1: Yes, this is definitely true.
0: But my guess is that anyone is going to be allowed to use the support of the Phoenix role, and it's only and it's you know you're only restricted with regards to elemental roles. So We know there's non humans, like we saw uh, the Phoenix got a a Ningyo, mm-hmm.
1: I think. Yes.
0: So the yeah, underwater naga, if you're so the, one <laughs> of the more. Obs- well, right, the Ningyo are not, they, they, I guess they are one of the five ancient races, but they were never one of the most prominent, no, non-human... They
1: were, yeah, they were always one of the, hey, we need a seventh race to, so that every clan gets their own race, uh, sure, Ningyo, those those are things.
0: <laughs> that That is a thing. Yeah. The first five packs are each going to focus on one of the elements, and then a oh, oops, there's more packs than elements, so the last one will kind of be a mishmash. There's going to be Mantis Clan cards, but they are marked as, they're just neutral cards, or at least the one we saw was just a neutral card. I mean, it says Mantis Clan on it, but...
1: Has no bordering or anything. Though, I mean, that doesn't necessarily guarantee that there won't be a Mantis Clan later, because that happened in the old game, too, where Mantis were just a... Unaligned trait, and they were, the cars were unaligned and then later they came along and made a stronghold in faction and reprinted some of them in, in the green so
0: they did, but that's more of a like adorable isn't that cute twenty years ago when CCGs didn't know what on earth they were doing kind of thing
1: fair totally fair
0: I mean would you really want them to do that I guess for like they then they'd release a deluxe size expansion where they just reprint all of those I mean they've got a They've got to reprint them if they... I guess they, I guess technically they don't have to reprint them. They can just not be bordered yeah. and confuse people. They do say Mantis Clan on them. Uh, the old ones... They, and then there was the period where the old ones also shifted from where the faction word went from Yoritomo's Alliance to Mantis Clan. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, uh, everyone who wanted Wasp Clan cards. Uh, we also got... I guess a new fiction by Spooky. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the the fiction pack in "Disciples of the Void" was also by Spooky, but it's just like the first chapter of the novella, which you're all buying anyway, right? Yes. I mean, so you really should buy that. It's more important than whether or not you buy "Disciples of the Void." Let's be frank, uh, right? You've got to you've got to read the story. I, I know that's a very old L five R point of view. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but, but come on, you gotta, yeah, you gotta, you gotta go by that. But now we should hop over to Disciples of the Void. We talked about some of these in, in preview land. Now we've got everything, but we'll plan on going through all of them and, uh, let's kick it off with the stronghold. So, Jay, is Kudanasawa... Really good? Or... Yes. Wow, that's really good. I hope it doesn't break spells someday.
1: So, I feel like it would be the latter if it was worded in such a way that I could play reaction spells, not just action tempo spells. So, but it's still really good. I mean, it's it's definitely gonna make... I mean, I've, I've got plans for at least two different spells decks based on that now that it's out.
0: Yeah, it it, it, it certainly it, it it rewards a completely different sort of deck build, right? Mm-hmm. You're 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 going entirely away. There are there's stuff in here like the next card we're going to talk about mm-hmm. that synergizes with the old stronghold more, but this it, this is not a stronghold, which I think this is a good thing, where you can just take your old deck and swap the stronghold out. That is not the way you want to play this.
1: No, very much no. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, because that, if that were the case, the strongholds would be irrelevant. And no, this is this is good, flavorful... They both are good, flavorful strongholds that do their own thing, and you want to incorporate them in your deck design.
0: Yeah. The effectively draw a card, immediately play it, and you have some control over what you draw? Mm-hmm. That could just be really I, good. I, I mean, it I, is it is certainly on its face, it has a lot more raw power.
1: Yeah. I, I have heard a rumor that, that card advantage is good, yes.
0: Card advantage is good, recursion is good, yeah. Um, uh, so you also got a a new, unique, Phoenix-specific province. Fire cannot be your stronghold province in Pukusedo. We're going to have a glory fight.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Um, so clearly more aimed to be played out of the prior... Stronghold, I think.
1: Yeah, no, Kudnasawa does not get nearly as much benefit as the original stronghold does. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you you still have around a decent number of high glory characters. Now, the characters in this pack are. I don't think anybody goes out at more than a two, and one of the headliners for the pack is a zero. It's not like if you're using a bunch of high glory characters, you don't have the ability put it in here instead, but you know, you're basically like, you're just relying on, your opponent attacks this and you just randomly have more glory than they have military or political because it all of a sudden doesn't matter. Uh, it's got the, it, it can't be your stronghold province restriction, which is, is good because you wouldn't want it to be impossible to break your stronghold, but like, you guys already have that province, right? <laughs> I mean, so I...
1: Support so of
0: the Phoenix... Do we have anything else to say about that? Seems really? uninteresting.
1: Yeah. I mean I am sad now that I have the card in my hand that the other side is not a role for the Phoenix, but <laughs> th- that was a pipe dream if I'm being honest with myself.
0: Well, you know, dreams are are the stuff that life is uh made
1: of made of. Thank you, Hallmark card. <laughs>
0: So first up, right, because they label these packs in ascending order of cost. First up is your your cheapy, the the Fire Tensei initiate. Massive stats on this guy.
1: <laughs> Massive zero stats, yeah. I mean, the two glories, nothing to for for Phoenix, especially two glories is is, is good. I mean, just because Kreb got a zero for zero zero for zero doesn't mean we get to pay ours for free. But yeah, for for cheap body, still good.
0: It, yeah, it feels like you're kind of paying one to have a shugenja around for things that count shugenja, yeah. and maybe it can sit there and help get the favor too.
1: Yeah, which I mean, for those things, yeah, a deck needs some some cheap people to go in. I think this is surprisingly good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's the sort of thing where you're like, do I, I really have to play with this guy in my deck? But you may end up like needing to play with this guy in yeah. the deck because of, of, of the requirements of things.
1: Yeah. When when you just need bodies sometimes.
0: <laughs> Everybody needs a needs body, body sometimes. But the body you don't want, I'm going to go out on a limb here and saying the body that you don't want is Pacifist Philosopher.
1: Uh, I'm actually okay with him. I don't know that he necessarily goes in every deck, but, I mean, the fact that if I'm playing a one-conflict deck, the fact that I basically only have to pay one for him, and then if my opponent doesn't make both of their conflicts, I get even more. I get him a body for free. In the right deck, I feel like he has some use cases.
0: Uh, I don't like him at all. I get what you're saying, like I pay two and then I like maybe get one back and, but you're like, I guess if over the next, like if he's around for a couple of turns which means you paid three fate for him then maybe you get back the exact fate that you paid for him? (laughs) It almost feels like it's designed for a I don't attack at all deck, but that doesn't exist. No, I don't think.
1: Well, none. I don't attack at all, deck. But I think a I only I'm only going to make one conflict in a turn deck. A very control heavy deck. He will come out because yeah, you'll you'll pay the three for him, and then on each of the, the those two turns that he's around, you're only making one conflict. So you're getting his buy price back. You've now spent one for a one co- one political guy. If you can keep your opponent from making even one of their two, well even one of those four different conflict chances they have there, you've now got him for free. So yeah, I, I think a very control heavy deck that's trying to keep the number of conflicts that happen down to a minimum, like there's the one card that says both players can only make one conflict this turn. I don't know. I feel like there's just a deck that he will love him, but you're right, He's he does not go into every single deck.
0: Yeah, so uh, that actually is a Nombo, Jay. <laughs> Do you know what a Nombo is, Jay? It's a combo that you don't want to play? Because he gives you a point when a player passes, but Waning Hostility says that each player only has one opportunity to declare a conflict. Ah. So if they don't have a second opportunity, they don't have a pass.
1: Got it, okay. Oh, well. I liked the idea of it. Too bad it doesn't work.
0: Now, what do you think about the, I guess, the flip side of this, right? All of the other clans have their sort of anti-Phoenix card. The Phoenix have cards and styles that encourage less conflict declaration, and the Crab get Hida Amaro, who's like a very hyped-up version of intimidating Hida. Yes. And Hida Amaro, if... Is a, uh, for those who have not been around since then, is in like an old school original L5R popular character. It's kind of interesting. I, I really do find that I'm much more interested to find out what the characters do when I recognize their name. Yeah. Like, the uniques where I've... I it's I guess this is like it was in old L5R. Just because they're unique doesn't mean I care. Like, I need to have actually seen them in the story, or at least in an old story or something. Uh, but Hida Amaro was one of those guys who really showed up in the, the first time through, Crab Clan, Berserker. So, I tend to play pretty aggressive, and I and I, and I want to declare two attacks almost all the time anyway. So, I like Keita Amaro, on the other hand he doesn't even have a 2 in politics he's got that dash Mm -hmm. so how often do I need to force my opponent to attack twice? I don't know, but I I like Keita Amaro much more than I like Pacifist Philosopher, (laughs) I'll tell you what
1: Sure Well, I think they're for different decks
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, Um, yes they're dynasty clan cards for different clans
1: Well I mean, spiritually, that Amoro is for a much more aggressive deck, whereas the Philosopher is for more of a control comboy type situation.
0: What do you do once you have your control combo off with with Phoenix? It's not like you can just honor out, since that doesn't exist.
1: Well, I mean, from what I've seen, it's usually a dishonor deck that you're trying you're trying to minimize the number of conflicts and when they do occur, you're trying to drain honor out of your opponent, trying, trying to get so that when you do make conflicts, they're unopposed, so you drain honor that way.
0: Those are fun. I guess if all of your opponent's guys are bowed, they can't declare conflicts? Exactly. So, next up in the pack order list is Shiba Tetsu. Now, if you thought that Pacifist Philosopher was playable... You must think Shiba Tetsu is bonkers.
1: Tetsu is is a little bonkers. He's not, you know, he's not super bonkers, but he's kind of bonkers, because, yeah, if you're playing the Phoenix Spell deck, you're probably dropping a lot of spells. Giving every spell plus one force in addition to whatever it normally does seems pretty good.
0: Yeah, he is, I don't know if he's bonkers, but he is really good. Spells are going to be your thing. I mean, and if you just play a spell, okay, then he's a three two. Your stronghold means that you're always gonna have a spell to play. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. This is a character that I mean, certainly any Q Nisawa deck, he should automatically be in period. Yes. I guess, not Not only will he be in, and you'll be happy about it, I, I suppose it still doesn't necessarily say that much that a character is automatically going to be in, because, I mean, this is really going to be the first time that a clan really has a lot of choice on its Dynasty side.
1: This is true, yes. That's, that's definitely one of the things I'm most looking forward to about this pack now being out, is actually being able to make a lot more variety in Dynasty decks. I've seen chatter, and I think I agree with it. That now with Phoenix, you can you can actually pick like two elements that you focus on for your deck to be.
0: You could. Do you think many Phoenix decks will go that way? I figured the raw power of best cards would still.
1: I I don't know if we have a hundred percent hit the threshold. But, I feel like there is enough synergy in a couple of the elements that there will be there will be decks where it's like seventy five percent is from the two elements you've picked and twenty five percent is shoring up weaknesses, pulling other strong cards in regardless of their elements
0: hmm.
1: where where you've you know those bubble cards you are picking the bubble cards because of their element that is now a factor in how you pick them rather than simply things like cost curve or stats or what have you.
0: I have a feeling you're going to like the uh, Katana of Fire more than I do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I have yes. a yes. sense.
0: So, looking at the fifth element, we have uh, Inquisitive Ishika. 2-2 two, two for 3, and this is, right, during a conflict, each card that has a trait... That matches an element of the contested ring has the cost to play it reduced by one. Now, this I guess is a card that, to me, that rewards you from having a wide variety of elements because then a, a wide variety of, are contested. Although I suppose if you're, there's only one conflict per per, per faction, you can uh, I, I guess you could lean heavily on having lots of cards for free. But this is like this this is any conflict sitting at home. Yes. All these little elemental spell events that cost one are now going to be free when deployed in the appropriate conflict
1: right and so uh, again this is one that encourages I mean yes in some ways it encourages you to go flat but it also encourages you to build up so like if my deck is mostly fire spells and it's time to go after to the province and I have one of these guys in play I'm going to pick fire ring and now like a third of my hand is free or cheap
0: but now the other... And here's the weird thing about this. So her the title of this card is Inquisitive Ishika. Tell me if I'm wrong, but in, in classic L5R, the term was Ishikan. Yes. And that was a, a gender-neutral term. Am I to take Ishika to be like the feminine version of
1: Ishikan? I agree with that interpretation, yeah. I have not seen anything that explicitly says it either way, but yeah, I think that is... I think that is a correct interpretation of the word.
0: Yeah, so if you're not for those not steeped in L5R lore, an Ishikan is a I mean I guess it's generally you could say a uh I guess we already had Ishikan initiate so this is not a a a new concept but yeah it's it's somebody who's a real specialist in void magic. The Phoenix had tensai who were not just somebody who like right, every every school of shugenja leaned towards one faction or another. I'm sorry, not one faction, or another. Like one element or another. But the the tensai sort of went above and beyond that. They were like a specialist school. Not even all of the phoenix shugenja were tensai. But the and an Ishikan is basically a void. Was a void tensai? Yes. It had its own like really like really expensive if i recall correctly advantage mm-hmm. in the r p g if you wanted to uh, like actually be able to do void magic it's not like just another element so but it was always Ishikan i don't know yeah, so that's what i i took Ishika to mean so fire elemental guard we talked about last time this is one of the pricier characters in the set it's got. Nice, solid stats to go with it. I am less interested in this card than I was when I first looked at it, because I've realized how incredibly difficult it is to actually get to use its ability. I mean, it's a really strong effect when you get to use it, but...
1: Actually triggering it is not easy, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, three spells is still a lot.
1: It is. No, yeah, I think you're most likely going to see that actually come into play at Stronghold Provinces.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's not, literally not going to come into play. Like, you're not going to play with this card. You've got better cards. Yeah. Four is a lot. Like, four, two, those are stats I can get on somebody who costs three. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like I want a really nifty ability and I feel like this one ends up being too situational. Again, not not that there aren't attachments you want to destroy, but
1: yeah, actually getting it off. Yeah, no, I I agree. It's you're putting if you're putting this in a deck it's because you like their stats and that ability is a pure bonus and I don't know that even even if you're making a Purely fire deck. I don't know that those stats are really good enough to make the. Well, cut. if you're
0: making a if you're making a purely fire deck, yeah, I think you're going to have to include it. You only have so many fire cards, sure, sure. <laughs> but I mean, that that's part of the reason why I'm I'm skeptical about the, you know, like two element sort of concept. Is I, I feel like it forces you to play with too many cards that are just too suboptimal, or you drop out cards like this and then you know, you end up with, like, okay, maybe you've got a slight lean towards fire or something, but... Yeah. You know, it's really gonna be like, oh, well, I've got my new bonker balls, Elemental Master and Solemn Scholar, so I guess every deck's an Earth deck? I
1: don't know. (laughs) I
0: I don't... (laughs) Uh, Now, that is not the only four-cost character option. You also have... The Kaito Temple protect, Protector, who I'm not positive what to think about it. I like better than the Tensei, but it is a lot to play for a character. I, I guess I, I want to say like I want to say it's a lot to pay for a character who can only defend. That's not true. He is a three-three body. If you need him to attack, and the Phoenix are out of all the clans, the clan that is most interested in somebody who can only defend,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he's got a keyword that is useless outside of dragon right now. So what, what do you think of the temple protector?
1: Well, I think on on the pro side of the temple protector is because of his trait and ability, he pretty much on, in a one V one defense, he should be winning, winning that defense pretty much all the time. But yeah, getting four for just that. I don't know if that really makes the cut.
0: Well, he should be at least n- stopping a province break pretty much all the time. I mean, if you're tied, the attacker wins.
1: Yeah, but it's it's bumping his base skill, which means if you've given him any boost on top uh, yeah, of that...
0: If he has any kind of boost on top of his base, and your, then when you match your opponent, it will be a better... Although it does still... I still hate setting someone's base skill to something. I I get, like, like, once you're playing cards well and you've been doing this long enough, you can tell what this guy is doing, but I still don't like changing someone's base skill. It kind of defeats the whole point of having a base skill. Yeah. Although I guess it does... I guess it is being deployed well here in that it's doing something that would probably be very difficult to phrase some other way, unlike doubling someone's base skill where you could just be like can't you just add their skill like there's like you're not really getting anything play wise out of doubling someone's base skill instead of just doubling their skill mm-hmm. or or adding sorry not doubling their skill adding their base skill you know whatever their base skill is adding that but this guy really does something that kind of requires that concept to be phrased in any sort of efficient way Yeah, I, I think he'll get some play, but I mean Bao is a very potent effect right now, and he's immune to that. Yes. When you're doing your defense. So solid uh, so, so, uh to to understate it, a solid defender. <laughs> yes, yes he is. So the next the next character up on the list is Isawa Tadaka. And Jay, I'm gonna let you lead the commentary on this, but I have to caution you just cheering and laughing in delight for five <laughs> minutes does not actually count as commentary. Just FYI.
1: Fair enough. We'll, we'll just assume I did that because that's true. Yeah, no, it's another champion level five cost person. Pretty good stats, five three. Two glory. Where he kills at those that ability. Each opponent cannot play copies of event cards that are in their conflict discard pile unless the earth ring is in that player's claimed ring pool. So suddenly, Earth is a very contentious ring while he's on the board, and, I mean, you've got a whole bunch of control against what your opponent can can and can't play during conflicts. Tadaka shows up late game, they may not be able to play anything during a conflict.
0: Yes, Tadaka coming out at a certain point in game could be, at a minimum... For the first conflict of the turn, your opponent discards like six cards in their hand, or something like that. If, you know, if, I mean, probably not everything, but you could get pretty close. Most decks, the the most common number of a card in a deck is indeed three. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: And Tadaka could be a very skill testing card too, which is positive from a Neo Spikean psychographic <laughs> point of view.
1: <laughs> what? I'm just always amused when you show just how nerdy you
0: are. <laughs> I I don't always keep up on I don't keep up on everything with the things I keep up on right because this mm-hmm. is well not only is this really 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 powerful but if you know the card pool and you you know have the mental energy as it were to really fan out and track what's in your opponent's deck you can sit there and whittle down the options of what they might have in their hand quite a bit. I mean, they're always going to be able to play any kind of attachment or conflict character they have, but that's usually like a quarter of their... Maybe that's a quarter of the deck? It it could be more. But the lion's share of conflict decks are events. And if you look at your opponent's discard pile... Like you said, they have like they have they have six, they have five, they have six events, different events in their conflict discard pile. You can whittle down what they actually might be able to play to only a handful of cards, and that is a very powerful tool. I mean, and it's and it's powerful just that they can't play them, but if you know f- to a very high degree of possibility, like the three cards that they might actually have in their hand that they can actually play. That can let you really game the situation, and of course, if you if you feel like it, if you have the first attack, you can always go after Earth when they're crippled from yeah. not being able to play any events, and be like, "Oh, look! Now I've claimed Earth." Huh? That's interesting. I I what's what's going to happen? Oh, now your opponent's going to lose all the conflicts. Ha 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 ha. Because this is such a big effect. I mean, this is like the... It's a bigger effect than the Ashika, but it's like the Ashika... This isn't when he's in a conflict. Nope. This is every single conflict. Champion level is right. This is like Casada levels of annoying here, or worse. Honestly. And it is an incredibly good card. Like there, There is... I know at some point you have to stop playing with an infinite number of 5-cost characters, but it seems hard to not play with three of him in every single Phoenix deck for the rest of time.
1: Agreed. No, yeah, it's... Phoenix especially are hitting a point where it is hard to pick. Hard to figure out your cost curve, hard to pick. Because, yeah, all of our fives are good. A lot of fours are good. Our six that we're going to talk about in a minute is good. (laughs) You're...
0: Your 6 that we're going to talk about and it is also great. I mean, yeah. partially cuz he can bring back Tadaka and you know, you you talked last episode like can you make an everybody's really expensive deck? I don't know about that, but the Show certainly encourages you to. I mean, yeah. this charging charging a Fushicho show in and then like when he dies getting in a Tadaka or or you know, another elemental master or your clan champion is yeah one uh, like one of the most powerful things you could do i mean like charging in a six that then gets you a couple of turns of a five for the the outlay of one fate is incredible yes uh, I think you really have to see i mean charge is a is a solid card anyway, but it it yeah it really makes me want to be like, well, I wasn't sure how many of these are I was gonna run, but now it's definitely three. And he's just not shabby when you're just buying him anyway, knowing that he then works you into additional turns of of good stuff.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Again, the only the only question is, can I really put? How? I mean, do you do you guys like is your clan champion the first one to go out of your five pluses? Uh, uh,
1: maybe. I, I mean, yeah. I think it. I think in part it's going to be what deck. What is, what is your deck doing? What is your deck looking like? Because, I mean, there are decks that are going to want Sukune just for, you know, grabbing two rings for free at the end of the turn.
0: Sakune's so ability, I, I think, gets a little bit of short shrift because there are occasions where, like, oh, there's only one ring to grab oh, or something we're like that. down to water.
1: Who cares?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the reason I say that is, can... Is she better than either of the Elemental Masters?
1: I feel like she might be better than Cade in the right deck.
0: Okay. And so the last dynasty, we go from the really expensive to the, hey, it's a holding, so it's it's free.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we've got Secluded Shrine. After the conflict phase begins, choose a ring, and then it goes into your... Like, it.
1: you don't actually claim it? Right, you're just considered to have claimed it.
0: Yeah, and it's not actually in your claimed pool. It's considered to be in your... I don't know what the difference... There's a difference between claiming it and moving it to your claimed pool or something like that because you don't get... it. But the fact that it's considered to be in your pool rather than you claiming it means you don't, for example, get the fate off of it.
1: Right, well, also, I mean, like, I can't use this and Tadaka to just lock down Earth and make it so my opponent can't get Earth and, and turn Tadaka back off. So if it's... That's my read of it. But
0: if it's considered to be in your claimed pool, you can't declare um, a conflict in a ring that's in your opponent's claimed pool, right? So if it's... And this doesn't say for the purpose of your cards or anything? Yeah, so... Hmm. Interesting.
1: No, you're right. Now I'm reading it your way. And yeah, that makes that makes this even... Okay, I'm, I'm a lot more interested in this now that if that's how it works, because yeah. You can do exactly what I just said. Oh, Tadaka's on the board. Well, start of the thanks to the secluded shrine. Start of the turn, Earth Ring is already mine. So you're gonna have to deal with Tadaka. You can't steal Earth with your first conflict and get him get around him in your second conflict. It's weird. I
0: guess I mean there is a difference. Now that I, I'm looking at it, there's there's at least one difference. I don't know why you would, as a des, you know designer or developer, you would care about making this distinction. But it, because it's not actually in your claimed pool, you can't swap it. You can't use like know the world, yeah, to switch the ring that you claim because it, because it's not actually there to switch. It's only considered to be there, but. It seems like, yeah. I mean, it it turns on your solemn scholar, and I was thinking, and maybe I'm wrong, but I was thinking, yeah, it would you you could use it with Tadaka to be like, guess what? You can never get out from under this guy. Yeah. Sorry, man. These these effects, I gotta say, I, there there's a lot of playing around things you can do that make effects that seem balanced not really be balanced. I mean, that's a whole. To make magic references again, right? That's that's a whole class of thing that White does in magic. <laughs> uh, they set rules. Right. Here's a rule setting card. What well, I don't understand. Why are you complaining? This balance is affecting you and me equally, buddy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Look,
1: this is balance, this is a fair balance board. We are balancing everything. Totally fair. <laughs> uh, yeah. O- on
0: the other hand, so so you can certainly do things like that. But you know what? You you can do a lot more when it just only affects the other guy. Look at the difference between... They're not designed to be on the same power level, and they have other differences anyway. But look at Tadaka versus the dragon guy. And we talked about him last time, so I don't want to belabor it more. Like Tadak... Tadak Tadakatsu. There we go. Tadakatsu. Togashi Tadakatsu. The fact that it's the defending player, and it applies to both players equally, makes it much harder to really do stuff. If he was just like, no, 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 you choose the ring when you're the defender, that can but just put cards like this in a whole other stratosphere, and and Tadaka has that. (laughs) I mean, Tadaka would be much less scary as a card. You could still, like, I mean, he, he might still be powerful if he was, players cannot play copy of events cards unless they have the Earth Ring in their claim pool, and then you just have ways that make it easy for you to get the Earth Ring in your claim pool, but the fact that you don't even have to jump through that hoop just takes him so high.
1: Yeah, that's that's your hoop, not my hoop.
0: Yeah. So having said that about Secuted, Secluded Shrine, though, I can see there being a place for this card at some point, but I don't know what it would be right now. I don't know if there are enough cards that this being like, a Solemn Scholar enabler is good enough? Especially since it's not like you're lacking in holding options.
1: Exactly. I agree. I I think that for this to really get a lot of play, you need more things like the Solemn Scholar that care about having specific rings already claimed. And yeah, Phoenix just has too many good holdings right now. We have a holding that draws a card. Why am I going to play with this when I can draw a card every turn? You're not. Yeah. You're not.
0: <laughs> see, see prior discussion about how card draw is good.
1: Exactly. The th- good thing, though, about us having a bunch of uh, a top-heavy cost curve is that means there is more room for holdings. But there's not infinite room for holdings.
0: <laughs> it is, it is not infinite. You you do need some of those tensei say like. One cause guys to like have bodies around, if if yep. only because crab is still annoying when you don't have little guys around.
1: This is true, yes.
0: So that is it for the the Phoenix cards on the Dynasty. Do you want to hit the non Phoenix Dynasty cards, or sure. do you want to hit the Phoenix Conflict cards?
1: Well, let's keep rolling with Dynasty, and okay. then we'll, we'll get to Conflict when we get there.
0: We'll defer defer to you, uh, <laughs> a, a, a wise Phoenix.
1: Chris is pronounced wise guy.
0: <laughs> hey, <Yeah>. hey, <laughs> that's a nice uh, that's a nice place you got there. It'd be a shame if the fire kami came and visited, eh, <laughs> eh? <laughs> All you have to do is sacrifice half of your face. Yes, man. I mean, maybe they do. They they sort of didn't end terribly for him last time, and didn't go well for him last time either. But Tadaka does not feel like he's on a happy path here.
1: No, no, he does not. He hasn't opened any Black Squirrels yet, and I think he's already practicing blood magic, I think?
0: I'm no, not no, positive no. exactly
1: it's... what those first couple of spells were, but... The impression I had was, it's not Mayho, but it's a lot more sacri- self-sacrificing, I mean, literally sacrificing yourself, than is gonna be healthy.
0: The funny thing is, if you remember one of the... Prizes, I think it I think it got picked, but then, then nothing ever happened with it, or maybe people just asked about it, it never happened. Right. There was the whole concept of there before Fu Lang mm-hmm. and the Shadowlands came, there was pure blood magic, which would have been sacrificing of yourself as opposed to Maha, which is I mean you, you can cut yourself, but more typically you're like murdering peasants. Mm-hmm. So it it's kind of ill defined exactly what it was, but it was it did not seem healthy. No. Yeah, I don't even know what I think about that. Like, is it going... I, I, I get the point of... They're making sure to write this, I think, so that the Shugenja really emphasize the, like, we're asking the Kami for help thing, rather than the, like, we're wizards casting spells yes. thing. There's That's been very heavily emphasized. On the other hand, it also kind of devalues to some extent like the individual skill like Tadaka's master beat him pretty badly like he just seemed to be better than him all around every everything like Tadaka seems to have really bad judgments
1: <laughs> so you you never
0: know what exactly is up with the wisdom of these decisions as as has been pointed out like on the one hand like the phoenix get a bad rap cuz they opened all these black scrolls and or at least some of them and some you know almost the entire council of elemental masters got tainted you know back in classic l5r at the beginning of the clan war on the other hand doing that stuff did indeed end up being necessary to defeat Fu Lang.
1: yes you're welcome
0: yes (laughs) (laughs) but but when you look at tadaka's judgments about his master he is a very unreliable narrator. That is, it seemed to me when I got done with that fiction, it was very obvious. Like he has this really negative view of his master, and like, right? He he talks to Tetsu about how, oh yeah, my master is probably gonna show up with my dad as his second just to stick it to me. Mm-hmm. And then he's surprised when his dad isn't there, and the master's like, "What kind of monster would I be to put your dad through this? Are you kidding me?" he's wrong about how his master is going to begin the fight and he almost loses it immediately because he's like, oh, my master's just this pathetic, mewling coward. He'll never do anything decisive. And then the master just like slams directly at him with the first attack and catches him off guard. He clearly has a very bad judgment when it comes to his master and like his assessment of him as a person. It makes you wonder like, is Tadaka accurate at all when he talks about his master like stealing his ideas. Right. But anyhow so that was kind of a tangent. Tanaka has bad judgment. So the the question is how how broad is his bad judgment but when you get to the end of that fight like he basically gets beaten six ways from Sunday for the entire duration of the fight and then he wins basically not not really because of any skill on his part but because he was willing to go, Kami, take whatever you want.
1: You just activated my trap card. Mohaha.
0: So, on the one hand, that emphasizes that, that the way that they present it emphasizes that it's really heavily about the Kami, but on the other hand, does it go too far where it's not about the Shugenja at all anymore? What did Tadaka do that some other Shugenja couldn't have done? surely some other Shugenja has gone like,
1: I'll do anything you want, Kami! Yeah.
0: At some point before this, right?
1: One would think, yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, and maybe it's just that he happened upon the right Kami. (laughs) You know, the tree didn't want to have anything to do with him. Right? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Those those are my overly convoluted thoughts on story. So the first, uh, other than the ones we've already talked about, the, the first non-Phoenix Dynasty card is Doji Shigaru, so dash 3 for 3, and just throttles your opponent for playing events. I mean, uh, this isn't quite the same thing as the guy as Guest of Honor, right, who just says your opponent can't play, play, play them at all? Mm-hmm. But he's pretty close?
1: Yeah. This, this is very much a lightning rod character where you have to deal with them first or they're just you're you're just going to lose your hand to them yeah
0: is he just a worse version
1: of guest of honor though
0: i mean he he can't he doesn't even have the option to show up in a military conflict to to mess with you he's one cheaper yeah he benefits more from being honored But I guess, you know, that which is probably more relevant. I I still feel like if you aren't playing, like like in Crane, high glory is still a benefit. I I kind of feel like for a lot of clans right now, high glory is a downside. Like you're paying for glory, but Mm -hmm. it's a downside because you probably don't have that much that benefits off of it. And your opponent, and it, it really hampers you when your opponent's scorpion or or just any other deck that does some sort of random dishonor effect which is a lot of them.
1: Yeah, dishonor is just too easy with honor being too hard. Yeah, glory is more of a detriment these days. And it doesn't feel
0: like that was supposed to be that way. Did they not realize how the how like that the environment was going to play out in that skewed way? I mean, cuz there are literally entire cards that you're just paying for glory. Now, I mean, that's that's in factions that care about glory, but it doesn't feel like glory should be a thing that is a detriment.
1: No, no it does not.
0: I, I mean they're obviously very aware when they're designing cards that like it can be a detriment, right? That that like that's the whole shtick with Kasada, right? But I don't know. But the other thing, and this is kind of weird for me, so like his his flavor text is it is humbling to be mistaken for the beautiful lady Shike. Um I guess it felt strange to me to like have what seems to be a joke on the card about the whole like crane dudes look like chicks nonsense or whatever, you know, Neanderthal phraseology gets applied to that. And it feels weird because that like really isn't Fantasy Flight's thing, but I'm not sure how to how else to read this flavor text. This is supposed to be the part where you, you chime in with the explanation about how it's actually enlightened or something.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is this a dude?
0: Well, Shigeru is a male Japanese name.
1: Okay, fair.
0: Like, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto. The design, like, the Mario Zelda guy? The uh. Nintendo guy? I took this as a... This was a male character... Who Mm -hmm. someone else in fiction had compared to a female and is like, oh, I don't know if like as an insult or something. And he's like, oh, that's just humbling to be compared to the the beautiful lady Shike. You know, and and the fact that they refer to the character as Lady Shike rather than
1: Shike sama,
0: it's like they're making it clear that like Shike is a female character. Yes. To kind of make the point. but like I said, like, that just seems like a very un-Fantasy Flight crack to mm-hmm. make. Like, I I don't know. Oh, well. So then the Lion get uh, okay. Ikoma Sanurai, Sanuri. I should know how to pronounce this name by now, huh? <laughs> yeah. Right? Hey, come on, correct me, Jay.
1: Sanuri, I don't know. Fred, Ikoma <laughs> Fred.
0: <laughs> Ikoma Fred, so... This is one of the many people who have shown up who are in Old L5R were eventually Lion Clan champions. She ends up as the the Lion Clan champion after the second day of thunder in Old L5R. This is a Bushi Swarm, obviously. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, if you have three or more Bushi, your army is huge. Keep going with that Swarm. Like, like Lion, seriously, we want you to play Swarm. It's the only thing you're getting out of this, so... It seems good in that role. This seems like a solid card if that's what you're doing, but I think that is what you're doing with Lion these days.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting to me that, you know, of all of the non-Phoenix cards in this pack, all the rest of them I'm like, oh, I see how you're playing against the what the Phoenix are doing in, in cute or clever ways or whatever. This I'm like, what does this have to do with the Phoenix? I don't know.
0: Uh, it doesn't. Yeah. I don't think, this does not seem to have, I get, I didn't even think about that with the, the, I guess the crane one is like, well, the phoenix likes spell events, and so, this punishes spell events.
1: Yeah, but I mean, on top of that, it's like, oh, what's that? You're playing a card out of your discard pile? Well, you still gotta burn a card from your hand to do it.
0: Yes. A nice swarmy character for the lion, yeah. and yeah, and unlike unlike Phoenix, yeah, everyone else is still in the not a lot of options. I wonder what the schedule is for the the clan packs. Like you kind of assume that there is going to be a clan pack for every clan, but if they release them at the rate they normally release, yeah, uh, deluxes three, three years going to be another now, three years. Preb,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was kind of hoping that that was that was why they pulled it from the all the other LCGs have their much bigger box they were pulling this down to the clan pack so we'd get a faster release on them
0: yeah but i I presumably we are not going to see these before we see the elemental cycle so there might be another one this year
1: Mm -hmm. yeah who can say
0: i really wish there was more i mean like obviously i think there's such a thing as too much coming out too quickly although it's it's the funny thing is i think most people's concern about that is money and i'm like could you just like sell me could you just release all six clan packs at once and i could just buy them all like that is to me it's literally just the hassle of having to like
1: no yeah exactly
0: buy it and change and buy it and change and it's not like it's that big a change usually for one month right like there's not that not that many cards in a pack yeah I was like, can I just give you the $90 and just have all the cards all at once? Which I guess is... Well, that's the funny thing. If they're all at Gen Con, that's what I will end up doing, I suppose. Uh, Yeah. But but then I won't be able to use them until they officially street. That'll be even more confusing. Oh, well. Anyhow, that that was the the topic earlier. Uh, So the Unicorn... Now, the Unicorn, uh, on the other hand, Moto. Nergui, I'm going to go with that pronunciation. Is that an umlaut
1: over the... uh... I believe that is an umlaut over the U, yes.
0: I don't believe that's a traditional either Japanese or Central Asian thing, but okay.
1: Well, she got that one point disadvantage for gaijin name, and she (laughs) wanted to really earn it.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, gaijin name in German.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and as a Murican, I have no idea how to pronounce an umlaut, so it's an extra Gaijin name.
0: <laughs> it's 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 a it's 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 a Gaijin name, both in character and out of character. Exactly. Now, this one I think is pretty obvious why it's anti phoenix although mm-hmm. again like, weighted more heavily towards anti the old version of like uh, corset Phoenix. Uh, it's Send home the participating character in a military conflict, because God forbid the unicorn be able to do anything in a political conflict. They're really homering sir, sir. the. These guys have no idea what they're doing in politics.
1: No, no, they do not. Send home
0: the character with the highest glory, which is probably not one of your characters. <laughs> no. And you know, you can make sure just not don't assign your your high glory character with with her. I mean the 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 stats are are underwhelming. Send home is still in general far weaker than bow as long as there is another conflict left or heck even if there is even if there is another conflict left there's probably another' there's probably they're probably more likely to have move-in than straighten right
1: well and, and also even if there isn't any conflict left and they have no counters you're sending somebody with glory home that's going to help them get the favor
0: yeah but i mean you you know i mean if you could be like oh hey how about your clan champion goes home yeah this is true that, I mean, it doesn't work on Quesada, but...
1: Well, I mean, it could. If everyone's a zero, then ho- zero is the highest, and you choose in case of a tie. That is true.
0: <laughs> that is true. Everyone's a zero, go home. Mm-hmm. Or if your character would be highest glory, you can you can use this ability... Like, well, this ability's dead anyway, let's draw out Quesada's negation. Yeah. But... It- <laughs> It's on a pretty weak body, but especially since Unicorn are suffering more than anyone else right now, they probably have the most ability to fit it in. (laughs) True. Are you sure? Like, well, with Unicorn, yeah, it's going in. I thought that, you know, Unicorn players are going to be excited about, like, oh, we, it's good enough for Unicorn. It makes you work for it, so it changes it from being a. Like, if it was just battle, send somebody home in a military conflict? That would be a lot more obvious. And this isn't quite that, but it is usually going to be send home one of your opponent's characters, and you don't have to work that much to make sure that it is. No, The problem is going to be, like, you're, like your opponent knows that you have it, and so they're, they're not going to load up on their best character or something like that. That one high glory character they have, you're not going to be able to trap somebody. But there are a lot of times to counter my counterpoint, where You know your opponent just has a bunch of twos so whatever whichever one you play the boost card on that one's going home i'm just gonna sit here and wait see what you do so that's it any other thoughts on the dynasty cards since that's all of them now
1: nothing we haven't already covered really no
0: okay on to conflict that starts off with kaido kasori Uh, I hear conflict characters have been pretty popular. Yes. It turns out that there was a reason why they put the limit on the number of conflict characters. I'm sure someone by now would have tried to make a, I just have half my deck be holdings and just play guys out of my conflict hand so you never know what I'm going to do.
1: (laughs) Mwahaha, I am a faceless scorpion. No, I'm 100% sure someone would have done that if they could, yeah.
0: Yeah, so she kind of gets to participate in two conflicts a turn?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: possibly more, but let's mostly assume it's going to be two. The air conflict and then whatever one she actually assigns to. Right. But that is a really powerful effect. And because she's a conflict character, your opponent won't actually know that she's around or may not know that she's around to just mysteriously appear. She can mysteriously appear in the air conflict and then also be there for the next conflict after that.
1: Yeah. Seems good. Yeah.
0: She seems very solid. I mean, there's, you know, Phoenix has, uh, you know, a, a lot of options, so there's always that. And she's not as, as great as some of the other ones that have been seen. But she is. I think she definitely, uh, she definitely wants to get played. You know, I mean, I don't. You got to find fate for your, you know, your three fate conflict character to go with your twelve five plus cost dynasty characters. But you'll figure something out. Favor of the commie. Can we just like, this is just garbage. Can we just move on? Yes. Okay, Katana of Fire. I don't think Katana of Fire is worth playing either. Go.
1: So again, I think if you're making a fire plus one other element, or even a fire plus two other elements deck, and so you've got a lot of fire going around, having this one-cost attachment that'll give you a, like, four military potentially, or more, who knows, seems pretty good, yeah.
0: It costs one, and it, by default, is a plus one, plus oh. That's terrible. If you have one fire card, that's plus two, plus oh. That's terrible. If you have claimed the fire ring, it's plus three, plus oh for one, which is, I guess, okay. Yeah. So, like, I I can see a situation where, yes, if you could actually make a, like, it's all fire all the time deck, where you'd be playing this, and you're like, oh, this is at least a four, and maybe it's six... Okay, now, now we're talking. I just don't think that there's any, pos- there's there's no possibility of making that deck right now. I don't think it may be that this card is resurrected at some point in the future, but I don't think that right now it has anywhere to go. Although that, I mean, that could go into our disagreement on the notion of whether or not you can really make a single element deck at all right now.
1: True. Yeah. Well, not single, but two.
0: Sure. Sure. So, then there is... We have another philosophy card. I like I like the continued way that they have like different art style for
1: the philosophy cards. I, I love the art on the philosophy cards. I agree with that completely. I do not know that I'm going to play the Path of Wind more, but... <laughs> uh,
0: so, uh, the, the Path of Man, and we don't know exactly what the Path of Man is in this, but... The Path of Man, uh, I don't know if this has been touched on anywhere in, in new L5R, in classic L5R at least, it was a, a... I don't know if it's even right to say a sect within the Isako. It, it might be more accurate to say that like, the Isako are a family that's around the Henshin, who were the followers of the Path of Man.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: And it was a...
1: Th-
0: th- in in some ways like and if this sounds like it could possibly be taken as incredibly heretical and contrary to the overall philosophy of the clan in the setting, I think you're right. But it it was always a positive sort of presentation. But it's basically a group of Phoenix monks who like if you master the right philosophy and secrets and techniques, you can just become immortal kind of separate from the whole like kami or fortune fortune worship thing it's like a a different sort of philosophical path
1: well it inter- intersected with the kami too because it was about interacting with the kami i mean they had they had the riddles where they could they could influence the kami in their own way that was different from the prayers of shigenjo
0: like i said it was it was a a positive spin sort of different but a very mm. These are characters who are breaking the karmic cycle in a yes. in a way right yeah. they're they are not living and dying and then reincarnating or becoming an honored ancestor or whatever they're just people who are sticking around so i mean it, it is i mean you say win more, but here's the thing like you win conflicts by five or more all the time if you broke a province, you probably just won the conflict by five or more i mean okay, maybe you were in such a dire situation you were never even breaking a province, but come on!
1: It is win more, though, because it's, oh, I'm winning, I'm gonna get more out of my taking this province. It's not helping me take the province, it's, I took the province, I'm gonna get some fate back.
0: It is, I took a province, I'm gonna get some fate back. That doesn't mean it's good enough to play, like, it's it's one of those things where I look at and I feel like it should be like, wow, it's a fate card that kind of just says, well, you don't get to play me right now, but eventually you're going to get to play me and say gain two fate. Right. And like a fate card for two fate seems like it's a really good trade, and yet I don't actually think this is, I don't actually think this is going to end up in a Phoenix deck. It just no. feels like it should. <laughs> like it feels like it should be better than I think it actually will end up being. Yeah. No. These situational fate gain cards. They just always feel like they should be better. Yeah. Than they really end up being. I don't know. Well let's see, well you need you do need you do need some spells to go with things. So what do you think about wholeness of the world? Hang uh, on to your to your ring for one more turn.
1: Yeah. That seems pretty pretty quality actually of just locking a, I mean again, we we're talking about how good it strong it is if you have Tadaka to control the Earth Ring now I don't even have to do a conflict. I just get to keep it from last turn.
0: I can see the potential in this card, but I think it's like the Secluded Shrine. It's I know it's, it's fighting in an entirely different deck space, but I think right now it's just not good enough to warrant inclusion. I could see them, there being a point in time where you have enough effects where like, oh, I'm going to have like three powerhouse things that are all going to function on me having the, I guess the Ring of Earth would be our starting point now, because you'd have, like, well, it, it keeps my Solemn Scholar turned on, and my... Tadaka. Um, and my Tadaka. Yeah. But it still doesn't feel like it's worth worth a card. But I can see some point where this becomes part of some annoying control thing that the Phoenix do, where, like, they have this you know, you've got, like, three or four power cards out that all rely on you having one ring, and you're like, oh, guess what, buddies? <laughs> yeah, that's right, we're doing this again next turn. Yep. There's nothing you can do about it.
1: Yeah, no. I 100% agree with you there.
0: So, yeah, we talked about yeah, Katana and Fire and Favor of the Kami, which are the uh, the bad. This is going to be used... This will be immediately used by the dragon cards from the last <laughs> article. And then we have... Clarity of purpose, which was the Phoenix card, uh, not the Phoenix, which is the yeah, you know, it was the Phoenix card that was like this would be good for the Crane to bring in with support of the Phoenix. Yeah. And Mike didn't seem enthused about it, but the more I look at it, the more powerful this card is.
1: I mean, yeah, turning turning off Bow and letting them effectively get into another conflict in the turn seems pretty yeah. strong to me. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, the the, the various effects that are one and stop someone from bowing or one and straighten someone are definitely playable and this one both negates the the bow for now and that's not i mean yes i mean okay if your opponent if you're attacking and your opponent miramoto's furies right off like that's gonna happen okay but if they don't do it right off you know it can let you Clarity of per- if they don't have it right off, you don't you don't often lead with that sort of thing, right? You kind of want your opponent to juice the character up a little bit before you go in with the bow. Like oh, let's let's wait until they play the bonsai and then bow it. Okay, that's mm-hmm. the wrong conflict type for this card, but you you know what I mean? Yeah. This one seems it seems like you should just always be playing with it in Phoenix, especially in Kudanisawa, since it's a spell that you play during a conflict, and so it works with the box. So our last Phoenix card, then, is Karmic Twist. This is situational, but it also like, has the potential to be a wrecking ball. Yeah. It exempts some of the really powerful characters because it only messes with non-uniques. But, like, oh, you mentioned Guest of Honor earlier. You'll have an opponent who buys Guest of Honor and puts three on it. And you're like, oh, you know what, why don't we move that to like your one-cost courtier who's Dishonored? Yeah. That is enormous. Or for you to save your own four-cost character. It can give you a way to... I've got my big character who's about to fade out. Well, guess what? Now they're going to stay around a little bit longer. And it can really mess up your opponent's math. If your opponent... Like, you could play this... In one of those situations where your opponent declares a conflict and tries to claim the water ring, planning on being able to bow out your fateless character at home. Right. And then you can be like, oh, watch watch, watch this smart guy. Ah? Ah? Oh, that's right. Your water ring does nothing. I know that's getting into the weeds there a bit, but...
1: It's still a play, yeah.
0: That is a real thing. The whole your fateless big character... Those people do somehow seem to be water magnets for some odd reason.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no idea why.
0: But so I'm not sure how much that ends in, but I think that one has possibility. So, I mean, that's it for the Phoenix characters. So, you know, I don't know exactly where it's going to end up, but Phoenix gets so many new cards, several of which are extremely good. I mean, and Mm Tadaka is just through the roof.
1: Yeah, yeah, he is.
0: And a stronghold that seems extremely good. It has long range it has really high long range potential, but it's even right now, it seems really good. It's sort of like how can this not really push Phoenix up in the the tournament rankings as it were?
1: Well here's hoping, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you're like I don't know, you're like mid range, except part of your issue is that you and this Helps with that some, but I'm not. I, I don't know. I guess time will tell how much. Is that as you've mentioned, it can be really painful for you to play against Scorpion, mm-hmm. and they are the best deck right now. Yes. So that remains out there. Maybe that's good, Maybe not for the Phoenix, but like for the game, because this is a this is a pretty unbalanced card pool we have now, as far as card quantity goes, with a a pack coming out. With such a small card pool that is so skewed towards one existing faction. I guess that always happens to some extent. It just feels like there's usually... I guess there... I don't know. It it feels like usually there's more neutral or more other clan stuff. Or other faction stuff in the deluxes. But maybe it's really just exactly the same as it's always been. Anyhow, there are still three more cards that Phoenix can play, but first there's uh, y- Yogo Kiyuko. You know, we talked about her last time. Speaking of Scorpion being a bad matchup, if Phoenix are really good, she seems fantastic. Like, she seems like yes. a fantastic meta card in that circumstance. And the Phoenix, out of all the clans, actually have card filtering. So they have the most ability, I think, out of anyone to avoid drawing her or to discard her for a beneficial effect. My opponent is not Phoenix, so I don't really want this one. It ends up being a meta call, like if you don't think that there's going to be Phoenix showing up. Okay, but how are there not going to be Phoenix showing up? They have more cards than anyone else, they're the new thing. They're really the clan who has new options right now. Makes me want to go out and play Phoenix like like there's I there's no new dragon deck to be played here. So What, you don't uh
1: Togashi What's his face doesn't totally give you a new dragon deck?
0: No. I I'm not sure if Tada I don't know if Togashi What's his face gives me a new card.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. enough.
0: He does monkish things. I'm not really enthused about the symmetry of his ability. No. But he does Synergize well with the monk effects that are if you if you got attacked on a particular ring, you can now gar- be guaranteed to roll those out. But still, I, I think, uh, like I mentioned, when the game came out, at, at that like dragon felt like the faction that not not the faction that most needed a new stronghold because that felt like it was unicorn. Yes. Um But but like really already had a dichotomy in a card pool where it felt like okay. Most of the cards are built for the stronghold that we have right now, but it feels like there's already this monk stuff that is supposed to be in a different stronghold
1: <laughs>
0: that isn't there yet. But there are three There are three remaining cards. One of them is another spell, so let's just skip over and, and do that one first. Walking the Way. It's not what it used to be, which is probably good.
1: Yes. Go. Cool. Yes.
0: So yeah, old old school walking the way was a tutor. Like, just go get any cards you wanted out of your fate deck. Right. Now would Th- be your conflict <clears throat> deck.
1: Yeah, this is a baby tutor. Well, which is
0: good because, uh, well, it, it it this has this avoids some of the problems with tutors, but not all of them. So here's the here here here's from a game design standpoint. Here's the problem with tutors. There's a couple of problems with tutors. One of the problems with tutors is that they produce repetitive gameplay. That might be less of an issue in general in L5R, at least on on the conflict side, because you can draw so many cards anyway. You're like seeing, if things aren't singletons, you're seeing stuff a lot. But, But still, tutors, if I have a tutor, that's twice as many copies of my best card. Now, this avoids that because, right, it's just looking at the top three cards of your it's not even really a tutor it's like impulse Mm -hmm. right yeah and the scorpion already have a better impulse than this right it's look at the top three cards and pick one and but but the other and and i know this is kind of arcane but it makes you shuffle your deck and that takes time and L5R is already a game that has time going to problems. I know that there are people who will say, you're doing it wrong. It's easy to get games of L5R done in a tournament, in time, you, whatever. That may be nice in theory, but the fact remains, as people actually play the game, games go to time all the time. I, I think usually they're pretty. it's pretty obvious who's won, so that doesn't become an issue the other person just concedes. But still, shuffling is one of these things that like, you're playing the game and you stop and you spend like a minute doing something other than playing a game and then you resume. And so this is kind of a small effect to make everyone sit there and wait while you're shuffling the cards. I don't know. I even remember that like when they... I don't know if you remember this, but when Dynasty... That's not the right word, Destiny. when Star yes. Wars Destiny came out, that was actually something that they mentioned, like in trying to make it a more accessible game. I, I think like li- less tutoring and shuffling was actually a thing that they called out Now. I know that they have in fact printed tutors in the card, despite that well, in the game despite just that. the one Yes, I mean, but they did they did actually make the sort of card that they said we're not going to make.
1: Yeah so
0: that really has nothing to do with whether or not the card is playable or not. It's effectively free, right? You're not playing this if you don't have a Shugenja.
1: Well, you would probably not gonna have it in your deck if you don't have Shugenja, but you may not have a Shugenja yes. out. Like, I really want to play this first turn because my Dynasty flop was really bad. I'll pay the one to actually get something to get me going.
0: Turn one, like you, you'd better have a really bad Dynasty flop. I mean, to me, I look at this, and so here's here's my dream play off of this. We're in a conflict. I walking the way. I look at the top three cards. I take my giant Firebird, put it in my province, discard Tadaka, and then charge in the Firebird.
1: That's living the dream, yeah.
0: (laughs) That's like that's kind of the dream play with this. But even aside, discarding a card out of the province is is kind of nothing. But like getting a charge target is actually a real use for this it may not be you know the Fusha show but getting a charge target is an actual use for this you have like really powerful cards you're basically trading a fate draw for a dynasty draw yeah i have this fate card i'm assuming i'm i'm assuming i'm not paying for it i i really don't like it if i have to pay for it i you're right okay a circumstance could come up where that has to happen does that mean it actually makes it into a deck i think it will but not like as a major player or anything like that. And that leaves the Kami. Kami Unleashed, I have So I'm so used to Kami Unleashed being an action card that I <laughs> it's just confusing every time I look at this. These are sort of the flip sides of each other. Guardian Guardian Kami is the keeper role only, it works on defense. Kami Unleashed is seeker role only. It works on offense. Kami Unleashed is clearly the better card. Yes. These are potentially, not necessarily, but, but seem like they might get better with the elemental cycle because, right, we talked about the, the non-human stuff, but the elemental cycle is also supposed, supposed to have more Shadowlands cards and more spirit cards, so it, it could be that there are more synergies that develop with this. So, if we look at Kami Unleashed, you're basically, what, you're paying two to then get the ring effect of your choice.
1: Right? Effectively, yeah.
0: I attack, and then I... If I ring of earth you, I've paid two fate for you to discard and draw a card.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Void, to jack you over. I mean, there's there's a variety of, of things. I mean, it, 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 it is a lot of fate. It
1: is. I mean, I think one of the most potent is, okay, I'm attacking on fire, I'm going to drop this guy in, I'm going to kill him, I'm going to dishonor your guy who's in this battle, or honor my guy who's in this battle, and make make it swing, so now I'm getting the ring, and or taking the province where I wasn't before.
0: You get to attack with Kami Unleashed. If your opponent doesn't defend, you get the ring. Mm-hmm. If your opponent defends, you're like, eh, blow it up, I get the ring. And your character that, that you defended with is now out of it. Because it's a risky play to not defend against it. I mean, you only get the ring effect if, if they defend. It is a seeker roll card... Seeker is better (laughs) than Keeper anyway, just in general. Guardian Kami is the same kind of effect, but you... But it's just worse. Like, isn't it just worse? Yeah. You don't get to control the ring. You don't get to do shenanigans like attacking and drawing somebody in to defend. It still might be a thing to do, but it's just... I don't know. I mean, you can if you're playing Phoenix, because this is the one you get. You can combine it with Display of Power to be like you get the ring not at all, and I get it infinite.
1: I yeah, know. I mean, there's there's some interesting play arounds it with Phoenix and Dragon, who have some amount of ring manipulation and can have better control of it. But yeah, no, it's Jeff, definitely the inferior of the two. Exactly as you said, because you don't natively have any control over which ring it's triggering. On the other side of it, they're th- like, okay, I'm playing against a dishonor deck, I'm down to one honor, they've just attacked me on air, if I lose this conflict, I'm go- done, well, I'm just gonna drop him, do air myself, gain- go up to, and now they can win the f- conflict and not drop me out. So, it's not, it still has some plays, but yeah, it's definitely the weaker of the two.
0: At that point, you're basically paying two to gain, two fate to gain two honor,
1: which I mean, if
0: that stops you from losing the game, you're happy to do, but that's at some point they're going to have to print honor gain cards that are better than that. I
1: would hope so. Yes. If they want honor to gain
0: honor victories to actually exist in the game, they have to at some point.
1: They really do. The Chrysanthemum is, is it way of the Chrysanthemum is not good enough to make an honor deck. It's interesting. I wonder I
0: wonder how the, d- the design and development process has worked on that, where you want to make cards that, presumably, you want to make cards that enable an honor deck without just making cards that incidentally crush dishonor decks? Yeah. If you can just play a card, like let's say they print a card that's just like zero, gain three honor, that can take a lot of the the gamesmanship out of like, do I just bid five on my honor dial when I draw cards? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I, I could just draw this one card that said, basically says draw three cards. Yeah. It's Ancestral Recall.
1: Exactly. When the math is a card for an honor, having a card that gains you three honor feeds into a loop way too well. Although
0: again, I I mean, I think that other than Unicorn, like we said last time, I think that other than Unicorn, they've done a a pretty good job, a really good job balancing this stuff out. I mean, I think there's I think there's def- definitely a best clan, but it is not like a a hopeless imbalance kind of best clan. So, I don't know. Uh, anyhow, so this was your this was your week. We'll give you the the final thoughts before I do the uh the outro.
1: Oh, okay. I don't know that I really have anything more interesting to say. I'm I'm really excited that we got a whole bunch of new cards and I do really like I mean the stronghold alone but just the whole sum of it is gonna allow for a lot of new decks in in ways that phoenix and l five r have not been doing before I definitely want to play a spell deck I think that's a thing now so i am excited i'm i'm i want to go have fun with l five r yes
0: okay. You've been listening to Strange Assembly, your tabletop and Legend of the Five Rings podcast. I just realized now that I forgot to do any sort of introduction at the beginning of the show. So I hope if this was your first time listening, you haven't been entirely confused this entire time. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. Or you can catch us on the usual social media places. We're at Strange Assembly on Twitter or Facebook.com slash Strange Assembly. You can subscribe to this podcast through the RSS feeds on the website or through the Apple uh, podcast app or the Google Play Music Store or uh, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. You can also contact me directly. I'm Chris at strangeassembly.com. I always like to hear from you. If you have any Phoenix specific thoughts, that other guy is Jay at strangeassembly.com. So, you know, feel free to drop him a line too. But until then, for J. Earl, I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly. Never stop gaming.
1: My life, my soul, for the phoenix.
0: Yes, but what about your face?
1: Uh, I guess that seems to be the new thing to do for the phoenix, so...